Island Church in Galveston, Texas, welcomes you to our podcast. Be encouraged by Pastor Rusty Martin as he teaches the Word of God. 2 Corinthians, no, 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Then we're going to go to Ephesians 6. Now, is anybody remembering what we're teaching on? We're talking about resisting. Everybody say resisting. These are the keys to the kingdom. Remember what we talked about, how God has given us not, this is not inclusive, but this is the three we're studying. Gifts, everybody say gifts. Weapons, everybody say weapons. And armor, everybody say armor. Now if you're given gifts, weapons, and armor, you're given that to do something with. Amen? These are not trophies to be hung on the wall. This is literally apparel to be worn in the spirit realm. Amen. Did you know you have an image in the spirit realm just like you have an image in the natural realm? That means, that means the spirit world looks at you a particular way. When I was in Bible school at Lakewood Church back in the uh, mid-80s, uh, there was a, a man that had been saved that was an, a, a, an Alaskan Eskimo, a real Eskimo. And he was into the occult and witchcraft. His father was a, uh, like, a, like a witch doctor in the, in the, in the uh, tribe that they were a part of. And they were really deep into it. He said they were, they were just, you know, doing things, putting, uh, casting spells on people and doing all this kind of stuff. And they got to the par- point where they were doing, uh, what's those, uh, uh, coming out of their bodies. He said we'd come out of our bodies and go through the area and put, put curses on people. He said it was just he said it was just bizarre. He said one time he and his father were in a trance and they were having this out of body experience and they were seeing these 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 hamlets and 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 houses in their town and one of them he said I'd never seen anything about uh, like it in my life. He said the light he said it was lighter than the brighter than the sun was just beaming out of the windows, out of the doors, out of every crack, out of every any way light could get it was just beaming out of there. So when they kind of came back to themselves and were sitting there. He asked his dad. He said, Dad, what was all that light about? He says, well, those are Christians and you can't do anything to them. Amen. See, the spirit realm knows it. I said, the spirit realm knows it. The problem is the church doesn't know it. Amen. So we've been looking because Jesus was showing us, I'm fixing to do something through redemption. That's what all of Matthew 16 is about. Who do you say that I am? Whom do men say that I am? Amen. Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God, the deepest revelation of the Bible. Every other revelation uh, that you ever get ought to find its its, uh, existence in that. Amen. And then he said, uh, then he talked about the church. And we'll all be a part of something called the church, which is God's governmental body in the earth. That's exactly what it is. It's literally a spiritual nation on a natural world. Isn't that strange? I mean, it's kind of like a Star Trek thing, you know. <laughs> I mean, it is. We are a spiritual nation on a natural, and God has taken out of every tribe, every kindred, every tongue, out of every race, out of every creed, and he's, he's caused to be birthed into his family, people from all over the world, and that's his church. But the problem is a lot of Christianity has fallen into what we call psychology. It's a psychological gospel instead of a spiritual gospel. Now, here in 1 Corinthians, let's begin with this, then we'll go to Ephesians. Here in 1 Corinthians, let me read it in my King James first. It's 1 Corinthians chapter 2, I think it's verse 5. Verse 4, 
Paul is speaking here to the church at Corinth. He says, my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and power. Everybody say spirit and power. Now notice the next verse. That your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. So listen, church, everything that we study in the Bible should lead to a demonstration of the power of God in your life. Well, how come we haven't seen it like we should? Well, we haven't studied it. We haven't looked at it. We haven't believed it. I've seen times in my life where the power of God has just been in, in, in incredibly uh, awesome in manifestation, signs and wonders. I used to get in, these, uh, get in these flows of the Spirit when I used to travel. Sometimes I'd go for months and months and months, and like a, it'd be like you were in a dream, the power of God, the anointing of God. I'd go from service to service, from location to location, and it literally was. It was just an awesome time of the presence and the power of God, and that might have been unique to that day and hour, but I'm going to tell you, that power of the Word and the power of the Holy Ghost is no less today. We just have to contend for it. The reason I had those flows like that back when I used to travel is I contended for it. I prayed. I believed God. I stood in faith. And then I surrounded myself with people that believe like I do. Amen? Now notice, most people in Christianity, their faith is in the wisdom of men. Because if we were to remove the part of Christianity that's built on the wisdom of men, we wouldn't have a whole lot left. I trust we'd still be there. Amen. You say, why is that? Well, I'm not that smart of a person. I mean, I got, I got some good revelation from the Word of God. I'm not educated uh, beyond I had a couple of years of junior college. I had a year of Bible college. Uh, I made it through high school. I mean, I was a solid, you know, C minus, D plus student. But at Bible college, I got straight A's. Thank God, thank God for enlightenment. Amen. Some of you are thinking, well, I wonder why, 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 you, why you make it so easy. Amen. But here's something you got to realize. There is wisdom that we need more than any other wisdom. But the Bible says of the wisdom of man over in the book of James that it is what? It is earthly, it is sensual, and it is devilish. Earthly, that means it pertains to the earth. Sensual appeals to the senses, and devilish finds its origin in the devil. You say, oh, I don't, I don't believe there are any churches like that, Pastor Rusty. Well, there are churches that don't believe you need to be born again. There are churches that don't believe in the power of the Holy Ghost or the power of healing. There are church- we saw there was a, a man, we were uh, uh, out of town this weekend, and Sunday night we were conducting kind of a, a healing meeting or a deliverance meeting, whatever you want to call it, and there was a guy there that came up all in pain. I said, where do you hurt? He says, all over. I said, you know, if the pain would leave, you would know it. Yes. And I'm telling you, as we stood there in ministry, all the pain left his body. That's the power of God. You can't talk someone out of their pain. Amen? You say, what do you mean? You've got to have a demonstration of the Holy Ghost. You can't counsel people out of their iniquity, their motivation to sin. They want to. We just sit down. We just need to have a talk about that. Well, I've had some of those talks back in the past. None of them worked. Amen? I would always get in trouble. I would always run afoul of those that would sit me down and try to reason with me when I was in sin. You say, why? Sin is not reasonable. You ever watch one of these? I watched one the other night. It was so cool. Uh, these intervention shows. 
where they inter intervene. Some, you know, somebody's a secret druggie or something. They come and intervene. Everybody's like there. You know, it's a fake birthday party or something. Everybody's going to, you know, they're going to take them off to the rehab. And you can always tell when it's someone that's like, I don't want to go to no rehab. And it's really funny when they started to gnaw, you know, not me, you know, I'm not the one that stole all the money, wrecked the card, you know, not me. And they're in total gnaw. And, you know, the, for, for the sake of the camera, you know, the people will always kind of pacify and all this kind of stuff because they're getting paid money. Amen. But you can always tell the reluctance. You say, why? Because it's their nature to be iniquitous. It's their nature to sin. It's their nature to be addicted. It's their nature to be crazy because the human being with iniquity on the inside is an out-of-control being. Amen? Now, there are strong forces of willpower in every man and woman. And I tell you, so much has to do with education, the amount of money you have, the geographical location you have, the way, the way you were raised, your, 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 your parental units. All of these things have to do with how strong your willpower is because that's hereditary in the natural. Amen? You, you get a stubborn man or a stubborn woman, you know, that, that they'll produce stubborn children. I'm telling you, it just happens. It's, it's, it's nature. But in the spirit realm, God has already given us the imprint of reproduction, and we can see in the Word of God, this is how we really are. We're not motivated to sin, but we need the power of God to keep us from it. The power of God to break the appetites, the want to, and give us a bigger want to. You say that's unseen power, but it has visible results. You think, you think about the power. We're enjoying... Uh, the benefit of electrical power tonight. Uh, thank God we're not outside in the, in, in the, in the humid air. Thank God we've got a beautiful uh, sound system. We can, we can uh, broadcast the sound out into the auditorium. We can broadcast over the Internet through our, through our live stream. Uh, we can enjoy the lights. And every, listen, everything that we enjoy from the power of electricity begins in the unseen. Then it's wired, it's assimilated, it's transmitted, but you got to have something to hook it to. The same thing's true with God. God wants everyone that's, that, that's born again, that's in His family, to be empowered by the Word, to be empowered by the Spirit, to be that, to be that speaker or that screen or whatever God's called you to be, hooked to His power that makes it supernatural. Amen? And that, listen, you, you, may be a, you may be a contractor and work, work uh, uh, build houses. You may, you may be in the medical field. No matter what you are, there can be that supernatural element to what you are. A mother, a father, a husband, a wife. No matter what it is in which God is connected to you and your life is a demonstration of the wisdom of God and the power of God. Amen. Not just the wisdom of man. Amen? Now, let's go back. Where were we? Ephesians chapter 6. Because we were looking at the armor of God, talking about it. I said we'd come back to it, so we will. I've got it in three translations tonight. We read it last time, but, I, you know, repetition will really help you learn the Word of God. This is, this is Ephesians chapter, just let's begin Ephesians chapter 6, verse, uh, verse 10. Finally, my brethren... Be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. Everybody say, His might. His might. 
Put on, everybody say, put on. That's an act. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the what? The wiles of the devil. The traps, amen? All of the different things the devil tries to set to trap you. Now remember, this is written 2,000 years ago. Right? So 2,000 years ago, if you did a little study about the, the history of trapping and how trapping, and I don't like to use the word, but it's true, how trapping has evolved over the years. 2,000 years ago, they did not trap to kill. You say, what do you mean by that? Most traps that were set were not set to kill. You say, why? Well, mainly because if, if you had an animal caught in a trap you couldn't get back to for a couple of days, it would be ruined. They didn't have refrigeration. They don't have ice. They didn't have any of that. So anything they trapped, they needed to hold it alive. This is the kind of trap that it's talking about right here. It's not talking about a trap that would destroy you instantly like a, you know, the, 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 uh, the mouse traps of today. Those mice always have such a surprised look in their eyes, you know. <laughs> because they're doing the number one thing they want to do, which is bite into a piece of cheese. And then it's all over. It's kind of like a surprise. <laughs> Amen. But that trap, that trap's designed to kill. But see, back then, they wanted to hold that animal there as long as possible so that they could come up on it, freshly kill it, take it home and eat it. Or use it for the fur or whatever else, and that way predators didn't get it or whatever else, you know, couldn't get it. So they would tra set traps to hold. This word wiles insinuates that's the type of trap it is. Because the enemy, listen, it's not that he just wants to instantaneously destroy you. It's that he wants to trap you and hold you in a place in which he can come upon you and destroy you. Oh, you know, the devil is such a rat. He is. Amen? So, that we may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Now, to wrestle, everybody say wrestle. wrestle. That means to engage with force, to struggle with violent determination. Amen? To engage an, an opposing force. I like it to, to engage... Uh, to engage with forth, to struggle with violent determination. Amen? I won't tell you who gets the miracles. I'm going to tell you. It's people that won't quit and won't give up. I've seen it for 37 years of ministry. I've watched people that had every reason in the world to quit and give up and not do it anymore. And I tell you, it looked like their faith was beat down to nothing, but they just would not quit. And they got their breakthroughs. They got their miracles. And God blessed them. And listen, I'm going to tell you, God has that for every person. But the ultimate goal of the enemy is to get you to quit and to give up. That's why it's called a wrestling match. It's not combat. The word combat is not here because actually the, the combat only means a, a, a confrontation between two opposing forces. Amen? That's what combat is. War is a conflict without a determined outcome. So we're not in a war. I said we're not in a war. You say, why? Wow, there's already been a determined outcome and that's your victory. Oh, you ought to get happy about that. We're not in a war. We don't have to, we have to go, well, the devil's loose. We got to catch him and beat him up. No, he's already been defeated. But there is that struggle in which an illegal entity who's been illegal ever since he fell out of heaven 
tries to come to you and do to you what he does not have the right to do. So he's going to wrestle with you, and what he's trying to wrestle from you is your faith. You know, over, and, and you don't have to turn there, we'll stay in Ephesians. 1 Corinthians 10, there is no temptation taken you such as is what? Common. That means you, you got supernatural power. Amen? I mean, you tell the psychiatrist that next time you talk to him. I got supernatural power. He'll just tighten the straitjacket one more notch. But it's true. You got it on the inside. You've been empowered on the outside. You have the power of the Word, the power of prayer. You got the power of the Holy Ghost, the power of the name of Jesus. I tell you, you got power coming every way you can think about it. I mean, you're wired for power. But see, the enemy wants to wrestle from you. In 1 Corinthians 10, it says, there's no temptation taking you such as common to man, which means the enemy can only use the common things unique to human existence to, to, to put us into a trial, trouble, trouble tribulation, uh, temptation, no matter what it may be. He cannot do something to you supernatural. You say, well, I, I, I've seen the exorcist and I've seen all that. Yeah, I, I tell you, there are levels in which people yield themselves, but he can't do it legally. That's what, that means your resistance must be to anything that you don't understand or the enemy tries to put in your mind, or an experience that you may have that, 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 you know, puts fear on the inside of you. I had somebody one time come to me, it's been 20-something years ago, and talk about an experience that they had. And they said, man, I'm telling you, ever since that experience, I have been so afraid, I've been so fearful, but I'm telling you, it was God. I said, let me tell you something. If it was God, if God really showed up, there's nothing about God that produces fear. Now, there's a, there's a reverential awesomeness in which in the presence of God or the Lord Jesus Christ, I fall on my face and worship Him. But you've got to realize that fear that is not unique, that is, that is unique to the devil, that was not unique to, to, to humanity, that got into humanity in Genesis chapter 3. Remember that when Adam said, I heard your voice in the, in the cool of the day and I was greatly afraid. God's like, where'd that come from? I didn't make that with that in you. I didn't make you with fear in you. You got it from the adversary. So that's what, exactly what the enemy wants to do is to use the force of doubt and fear to get you to quit. And he'll do all kinds of, all kinds of things. And you say, well, pastor, I've never been. It just seems like I just want to just throw everything down and just quit. You're in a wrestling match. And the adversary, now listen to me very closely. You need to hear this. The adversary is trying to wrestle something from you that God is sending to you. It already belongs to you by covenant right, but you've prayed a prayer. You've released some faith. You've worshiped God. You've thanked God for it. You've believed you received. Now it's headed your way. And just like we studied back there in Daniel chapter 10, there's opposition to it, but you've got to stand your ground. You've got to make a decision. I am not going to let the devil steal what God has for me. I have authority. I have power. And in this wrestling match, I win in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Somebody just gotta, you just got to just get a kind of a backbone of iron, make a decision. I'm not God. I'm getting what I'm believing God for. So we wrestle not. Everybody say wrestle not. Against flesh and blood, but against principalities. Now listen, principalities and powers against spiritual wickedness in high places. That shows us 
there are different levels of demonic power. Now, demonic power, let's just talk about that for a moment. For, for all the years I've been in ministry, there's always been somewhere either a large group of people or a small group of people that believes in what I call a radical definition of spiritual warfare. Warfare praise, warfare giving, warfare this, wearing camouflage clothes to church, all that kind of stuff. And they engage in a doctrine which basically discounts that which Christ did through redemption. They believe we must demonstrate the defeat of Satan like Jesus did. Now, here's the, key, here's the problem with that. No, we don't need to demonstrate the defeat of, 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 of Satan like Jesus did. We do it because he did. Did you get that? See, they're, 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 trying, they're trying to pray themselves and believe themselves to a place in which they have authority over the devil. We're already there. I'm just telling you what the Word says and giving you the information so you know you can act on it. Amen? And every bunch of them I've seen, I saw a bunch of them in 85. I saw a bunch of them in 92, 93. I saw a bunch of them in 96 and 98. I saw a bunch of them in the early 2000s. I guarantee you every bunch, bunch of them, they had their, they had their sensational, kind of like, like a firecracker, kind of going up in the air and exploding. And then it was a, I wonder what ever happened to. Amen? But I tell you, if you're in a fight, you don't need firecrackers. They're for show. You need something that's going to do some damage. And I'm going to tell you, the Word of God does damage to the spirit realm. When you speak that Word, when you stand, when you pray in the Spirit, we talked about that light coming out of that house up there in Alaska. That's that light that's on the inside of you that just begins to beam out of your life. Everywhere you go, everything. Don't you know the devil wants to snuff that out? That's why he wrestles with Christians so much, wrestles with the mind, wrestles with your flesh, wrestles with your finances, with your destiny, everything. He's out there in the midst of that trying to get you to quit and give up. But thank God we've got gifts and armor, amen, and weapons. Now, let's keep going. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor, all the armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Everybody say to stand. We've talked about how many times that's where people make a mistake. They try to stand, but they haven't done all. You say, Pastor, what does that mean to do all? You believe in your heart. You confess with your mouth. You believe you receive it. And from now on, you stand thanking God you have it. Well, I look pretty stupid standing there saying I have... How I have healing and health when I have pain in my body. No, you won't. You're doing it by faith. You might around people in the world, but not around people in the body of Christ or in this church. Amen. We'll stand right there with you. They say, well, that person over there is saying they're healed. I'll say, they are. Amen. Amen. Having done all. Everybody say, having done all. Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth. Everybody say, loins girt with truth. Now, this was the basic piece of clothing and armor that the Roman soldier, if you go back and you study where Paul is getting his illustration from, he is getting his illustration from the Roman soldiers, most likely the type that were in the infantry that were under the centurions because they were the predominant soldiers in the area. So when they got up in the morning and they were, they were suiting up for, for combat or whatever they were going to do and they had to be in, 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 in their armor, 
The centurion comes in and says, everybody get in your armor. They began with that with their, the, their loins guard, which went between their legs, up around, and tied with a big belt. This caused the core of your being to be strengthened. Amen? I mean, this took everything of the core where your strength is in your core. It takes everything right there, and it pulls it all together. It pushes your shoulders up. It causes your hips to be supported. It strengthens your legs. Everything about it is to make you more effective, not only in your moves and counter moves, but in moving forward against the enemy. Amen? And what is it called? It is called having your loins girt about with what? Truth. What is truth? God is truth. His word is truth. It's not facts. Now, now let me say that again. Some of you might, people sometimes, I throw that out there. People may not understand it. You say, what do you mean by that? The Bible, the word of God is not factual. It's truth. You say, now what is the difference? Well, we could get into a lot. Uh, I mean, we probably teach a couple of nights on that. But, but basically, the difference in the facts and the truth is factual things are fluid. They are subject to change. It's the it's last day of, of June in Galveston, Texas, upper Texas coast. And you know what? It's hot. That's a fact. I said, that's a fact. But you know, in six months, on December the 30th, well, let's say the 31st, because we'll be in here having service, Amen. We'll probably all come at least with a sweater or a coat on because it'll be colder. That's a fact. It is changed. Truth is not like that. Truth, the Bible says, is forever settled in heaven. And you can always tell what the devil's trying to say by how it stacks up against truth. You know, the devil's telling us right now that we're depleting everything in the world. We're drinking up all the water. We're breathing up all the air. We're using up all the oil. We're eating all the fish. We're eating all the cattle. And, you know, uh, you know therefore, uh, the earth is cursed. We're doing, I even heard someone say we're supposed to be extinct in 10 years, 12 years. I don't know. You know, after a few years, it goes, goes by. It doesn't matter anyway. <laughs> Amen. But that is not true. The resources of this earth have not even been tapped into. They have been barely tapped into. There are vast areas of this world that have never been explored, that have never been tapped into for the wealth that they have. Even the places where it has been tapped into. I talked to a guy in the oil business, and he was talking about the Permian Basin. Everybody, anybody ever heard about the Permian oil strike, what goes on in the Permian Basin, all that kind of stuff? He said this. He said, there's enough oil in the Permian Basin, uh, what do they call it, shell or, or, or something like that, in the Permian Basin, literally to fuel the world for 100 years. In one place in Texas. That doesn't count the Gulf of Mexico. That doesn't count Spindletop. That doesn't count all the, that doesn't count Pennsylvania. That doesn't count all the other places in the world where they, they, they've got access to more oil than you ever thought. We've not depleted the oil. We've not depleted. We hadn't breathed up all the acid. That's a lie of the devil. Here's, here's where it comes from. They worship creation more than they worship the creator. Amen. No, no, the earth is not your mother. Just in case you were wondering. You say, what is the earth? It's the place in which you live, the place in which you stand. 
And God, the Bible says, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. And when you get into the Word of God and study what the earth is and how God formed it and made it, you'll understand. Listen, man down here shouting these things that he thinks he knows so much about is really kind of funny in the wisdom of God. Amen? So the truth of the Word of God. We are, we are strengthened in every area, in our health, in our finances, in our character, in our minds, everything in life is strengthened and pulled together by the truth of the Word of God. Now, let me, add, let me just say this. If you make a decision not to live in the facts of your life, but to live in the truth of the Word, there are going to be times when your life seems a little abstract around people, what you say, what you do. People say, you're crazy. No, no, I'm not crazy. Leave me alone. I'm living by the truth. Thank you, Lord. God is so smart. Don't ever let anybody tell you that the subject of truth is an unanswerable question. You know, because there's always these real deep philosophers and these people that are real, what is truth? <laughs> Amen? I'm telling you, studying the Word of God, the Lord showed me, He said, I'll tell you, truth is so simple. People, most people just, when they hear about what truth really is, they go, oh. It's really that simple? It's that simple. What is truth? What is truth? It is a word and a deed that agree. That's what truth is. If I tell Brian, I'm going to give you $100. I reach in my pocket and I go like this. There it is. How you doing, Brian? And he goes, well, there wasn't no $100 there. Amen. So I've given him the word, though. Brian, here's $100. Well, you know, Pastor, maybe he's maybe just giving an illustration. Maybe just doing that. He'll start to reason, see? He'll start to reason. Because there was no truth in the act. No, it is that simple. It is that simple. But if the $100 bill is there, and I say, Brian, go, Brian, he goes, thank you. That's, that's forever said. Hey, Pastor Russell gave me $100. No fact's going to change it. He's got the money in his hand. He can show it to you. Go out and spend it. Amen. Buy everybody an ice cream cone at, where do we go for ice cream cones these days? <laughs> Amen. That, when a word and a deed, a word and a deed, God said, I'll save you. He saves you. I'll heal you. He'll heal you. If God shows up, walks, it walks in the back and declares, it's not 827 on June the 30th. It's, it's 228. The year 2050, then everything in the universe reverts to His Word because His Word is truth. God does not choose... God is not... See, we're kind, we, we can choose every day whether to tell the, quote, truth or not to. Right? Every day. And then when we think about God, we think God is like that. He is nothing like that. There's no capacity in him to lie. That means he does not choose to tell the truth. He is the truth. Well, can you back that up? Jesus said it in John chapter 14. I'm the way. He didn't say, I'm going to show you the way. He said, I am the way. He didn't say, I'm going to tell you the truth. He said, I am the truth. He didn't say, I'm going to give you life. He says, I am the life. Why has he said it like this? Because we'd still be trying to follow him into truth or follow him into life or follow him and find the way when God says, no, all you got to do is get into him and you have found the way, the truth, and the life. Ooh, my time's up. Let's do one more. Is that all right? 
Take unto you the whole armor. You may be able to stand in the evil day, having done all stand. Now you've got, the, you've got the, your loins girded with truth. Then having on the breastplate of righteousness. Everybody say breastplate of righteousness. Now we've all seen the, the you know, uh, Ben-Hur and some of these old movies and how it seems like they kind of form fit these, these, these metal uh, breastplates and literally that's what the Roman army had. But Hollywood embellishes it. It's not near as detailed as you see in the Hollywood movies. Their study of how to work with metal was primitive. Uh, they knew uh, basically the ones that knew more about metallurgy than anyone else were the Philistines. And they had captured those regions of, of Galatia and those areas around the Philistine, around Gath, where Goliath came from. And that's where everything was built, all their swords, all their weapons, all their spears. And they made them armor. And the breastplate was designed to put all of its strength into the part, what they call the kill spot, or where the heart is, so the heart could be guarded from a thrust with a lance or a sword or an arrow. Amen? Now, what is it protecting? It's protecting your heart. Now, physically in combat, that's what you would want. Amen? I mean, you would want body armor, but if you had body armor that had a big bullseye here and nothing, <laughs> you'd kind of wonder, wonder who you were fighting for and why you were fighting. Amen? No, but they, they, they take that body armor and they make sure that that area and that upper torso around there has sufficient armor in order to protect the vital organs. Now, your heart spiritually is a vital organ. And God says the, breath, the, the breastplate of what? Let's say it like this. The breastplate or the armor of truth that does what? That re reveals your right standing with God. You say, now why is that important? Because nothing guards your heart more than realizing God loves you, God accepts you, you're not unholy, you're not unworthy, you're not unrighteous, you are born again by the blood of Jesus, you are the righteousness of God in Him, and because of that, that should guard your heart where the devil can never talk to you and tell you you're not worthy, or you're not holy, or you're not, or you're not God's favorite, or you're not, or, listen, that is what that does. And as you study righteousness, and I'm telling you, church, oh my goodness, you talk about a fight against a doctrine. If I've ever heard denominations fight against a doctrine, it's that one. Every powerful preacher that I've heard teach on righteousness that is not baptized with the Holy Ghost says the subject of righteousness, the way word of faith people teach it, is utter heresy. How dare you say you're the righteousness of God in Christ? They use the scripture over where it's in Isaiah that, you know, our righteousness is but filthy rags. That's under the other covenant. That's under another covenant in which they had to live by a law that could never make them right. And they approached God based on a bleeding sacrifice. But then Jesus came and took our sin and took our iniquity and he gave us his righteousness. And listen, you can never earn righteousness. It's only imparted through salvation. And the day, the moment you're born again, you're as righteous as Jesus Christ himself is righteous. 
You should never have any kind of guilt, condemnation. Well, Pastor, I sinned yesterday. Use the blood and get forgiveness. Well, Pastor, you don't know what I've been doing. Use the blood and go back into the Holy of Holies. Declare your righteousness. That's why it's important every day because the put on of all of this, and we'll stop with these two tonight, but the only way you put on any armor in the Spirit is through your words. Thank you, Father. He that knew no sin was made sin on my behalf. Because of that, I am the righteousness of God in Christ. Father, I put that on. Thanking you, it covers my heart. I'll never approach you condemned or guilty or, or worthless or unholy. For Jesus has made me righteous and he has given me his holiness and he has given me his righteousness and he has given me his sanctity. And I can boldly come to the throne of grace at any time to obtain mercy in time of need. Where do you get that? From the Bible. It's all in the Bible. Because if you've got the Word, then you've got it. Amen? Amen. You learned something tonight? Amen. Praise God. Lift your hands up. Say out loud, Heavenly Father, I put on, I put on the armor of God. The truth of God strengthens me, empowers me. The breastplate of righteousness protects me and guards me. Thank you, Father. You've given me gifts and weapons and armor. Help me. Help me in every situation in life to use them for victory that gives you glory in your holy name. And everyone says, Amen. Amen. Praise God. Stand on your feet. Father, thank you tonight for your word. Thank you for all you're saying to us. Thank you for the resistance being built in us. We declare Jesus' name by the power of Psalms 91. We are the protected children of God. No evil befalls us. No plague comes nigh our dwelling place. Angels have charge over us. Thank you, Father. In all of our travels, in all of the righteous labor of our hand, we have your protection upon us. Lord, we thank you that no evil plans of wicked men, nor plans of the devil himself, nor wicked releases of, of sickness, disease, or anything else. Father, we thank you that you watch out after your own. And that that word of protection on our church has proven itself over the years of time. We stand rejoicing tonight that we are the protected of God. Lord, let our hearts be sensitive to those that we're around this weekend as we're around friends and family. Let our light shine. Lord, let us be a blessing to people and answer to their prayer and a problem to the devil. Lord, let us, each and every one, let our lives radiate with the light and the life of God. Lord, as we leave tonight, we walk in faith and love towards you. We love you so much. Lord, we leave walking in love one toward another. Thank you for our church. We leave as the ambassadors of Christ you've called us to be. Thanking you, Lord, here at Island Church. We're covered by the blood, empowered by the word, anointed by the Holy Spirit. Thank you for listening to Island Church's podcast. To find out more information about Island Church in Galveston, Texas, visit our website at islandchurchgalveston.com.